low-lit tunnels flickering with torches let me see the path ahead, just barely. I could hear the pounding on the reinforced door behind me, the screeching and longing for my flesh reverberating in my ears. I did all I could to save my group, but it was all for naught. I made it to the end of the tunnel. A large iron door with a large keyhole stood before me. I rustled in my bag for the key, knowing I had gotten it through ill means. I said under my breath as I pulled the black key from the bag and pushed it into the lock. The gears clicked as I turned the key, and I was able to push the door open. The door far down the hall broke under the weight of the feral beasts, howling and longing for more. Come on, come on, move! I yelled as I moved the large door back into place. With a dull thud and mechanical clicking, the door locked again, and I fell back onto the opposite wall. After a few breaths, I looked over and saw a sign on the wall. It read, This way to the Raconteur Collection. Welcome to the Raconteur Collection. Our music is provided by the wonderful Tyler Cunningham. As always, you can reach us at raconteurcollection at gmail.com or Twitter and Facebook at raconteurcollection. I, Jack, am one of your hosts, the second oldest of Spawn in a family of six, joined by my elder brother, Charlie. The first Spawn. The oldest. The first Spawn. <laughs> the wisest. Man, your intro sounded so uh, NPR-like. Hello, and welcome to the Rack and Door Collection. My name is... Welcome <laughs> to... You gotta have a little lip sounds there. Welcome to... I am this. You did that so, last time, I think. I don't want to do it again. We only have an hour and eight minutes to record this, because that's how much disk space I have left. So, make it snappy. Let's get into it. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> Just well, kidding. I can, we can always stop this and is gonna, delete something. This is gonna be a little... A little later than it should, but this is going to be like a horror-themed episode. Now, ideally, we'd we'd release this on you know All Hallows Eve, but we're not going to. You so. know what I was thinking? <laughs> or we, we could. could like what? If, what if we just put it up as the Halloween special? I guess it would be um, a little weird as like the first episode. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I'm thinking is I, it might be a bit weird. So we can just plan yeah. it for next year, you know. Our our five listeners next year will expect year. the yeah. No, our five listeners next year will be like, oh, dude, sick! The Halloween episode I've been waiting for. Oh, sick! All right. So I just figured we'd get into this topic, uh, really just to talk about things that are scary to us, movies, games, things that we've experienced over our life that you know are interesting. So, Charlie, why don't we get right on into it? What's your uh? What's your first thing you want to talk about, Charlie? Well, for me, I need to am compelled to bring up uh, the nightmares oh. I had as a child. Um, okay. Here we go. I, I guess also, it's well, strange. Like, here's a lot of backstory. I guess it's strange to say that you know, of course, little kids have nightmares, but there are. I think I've written down three specific nightmares that I still remember clearly. Um, one of them, Jack, involved you. So Uh-oh. picture our childhood home. 
you know, the first home, the home that we grew up in. Do you yes. remember those little Why are like you talking like that? What? Do you remember those? Do you remember those? Do you remember those uh red hmm. cab like a little car things that had like a little uh yellow roof and you could like pedal around with your feet Flintstone style? Yes, yes. Okay. So it was me driving one of those in the dream, driving, pedaling one of those in the dream. And I, mean, yeah. I ran you Early over. driving. Yeah, I ran you oh, over. Oh, God. And so you're like a toddler at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And you like fell apart in pieces. Like you <laughs> came unscrewed. Like instead of bones, you had like these little white screws. Oh, And God. I remember I felt so guilty. Like, and it was so <laughs> horrifying that it was hard for me to look at you. Like when I woke I up would, the I next day. Because so. I, God, you're not being very sympathetic here but yeah it was hard for me to like look at you because to remind to inform our dear listeners jack used to do this thing to where i would you know slightly push him and he would slam himself against the wall oftentimes hurting himself you know more by slamming himself dramatically against the wall trying to get me did i do that you did do that when i don't i don't remember (laughs) this at all i really don't i'm not just trying to cover like i don't remember this at all so that was uh, that was a really horrifying one for me. Is uh, yeah, I like ran you over and you like fell into pieces. It was like your head, like a doll, like you know, like an old doll. It was like mm-hmm. your head, your torso, two arms, two legs. <laughs> that is kind of freaky. Which I mean, do we have a lot of like? I don't know if we had Legos. We had like Bionicles, didn't we? It was weird. It was more like it was clay or some kind of plastic that you were made out of. So more, more like did- a doll. We did watch Gumby at that time, so, you know. It could but, be related to Gumby. Because Gumby's, Gumby's kind of weird. It's, it's, a, it's a weird thing to watch nowadays. Yeah, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched that so little. Um, I mean, so I want to get into, uh, like, just the general nightmare that I, I don't have it often, but I still have it sometimes. But one that I used to have when I was younger, <laughs> I, I don't have, have any more. Every single no. night. <laughs> Is, um, have you had a dream where, like, you've just been falling? Oh yeah, and right before you hit oh, the yeah. ground, you wake up. I think yep. this—that's a dream slash nightmare that everyone's experienced, like once. Okay, and I'm sure broad, there's something broad, that it means. Strokes, but you know. No, okay. I know, but I'm just saying. Like, I I, I find that fascinating. That that's something that it feels yeah, like, like most a people universal have kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, falling and then right before, or right as you hit the ground, <gasps> you wake up yeah. and you're like. Oh. Was I just floating like a foot above the bed? That's what it now, feels like. Do you start the dream falling or are mm-hmm. you balancing and then you fall? Because a lot, most of my dreams started where I was balancing on something and then I fell. See, it's been so long that I, I don't remember. I think it always just started with me falling, but it could have been that I was balancing, but I, I don't, I don't remember. But the nightmare that I usually have is that I'm trying to crawl through some sort of tunnel. And so I'm crawling through. I'm not really claustrophobic, but I'm crawling through the tunnel and it gets to a point to where like it goes up 90 degree turn, then like to the right, then 90 degree turn to the left. So basically like makes like, like it's like a pipeline, you know, like going up and I'm going up and I get stuck in that like zigzag pipeline. Oh, that, yeah. And I can't get, go forward or go back. Cause like, I, I can't, I'm, I'm too big, or like I just can't move my body that way, and so I'm just stuck there. 
and then no, I don't know. No. And I'll just wake up after like I freak out for a little while, and I'm like, oh, that's a. Uh, <laughs> after I freak <laughs> out for a little while, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I'll have that sometimes. And so, I mean, there's uh, at the at the at the gathering place. There's a part in the tower that's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was going through one of the sections, and I was like, why does this kind of freak me out a little bit? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. it's probably because I have these nightmares sometimes where in this situation I get stuck because I can't move. But yeah, so that's, that's that... the only nightmare that I can really think of, honestly. Interesting. It's like reoccurring. There is something to be said for the universal kind of nightmare. So falling, um, teeth falling out is a big one where I didn't have that when I was younger, but I definitely had, I've had that when I've, I've been older. Like I can probably remember a couple of those from in the last like couple of years. So where your teeth fall out. Yeah. So for me, I, I couldn't remember the time or the place or the setting of the dream, or I guess I should say the nightmare, which is something I kind of want to, I want to hit back on later, but, um, just the term nightmare, but, so it was like it starts where you feel like your mouth is full of like sand or gravel and so you like are spitting things out and it's your teeth which it's creepy i mean what yeah yeah i've never had that that's horrifying (laughs) yeah people have always talked about that one and i have never had that until you know i would say the past five years and speaking to that point i wouldn't say i've had a nightmare since i was young i've had dreams that are scary or stressful but i have not had a dream that i've woken up from and like a cold sweat and i've been like terrified that -hmm. has not happened to me well i mean i probably should knock on wood but that has not happened to me in a long time but when i was little that definitely happened because i you know speaking to that dream like where i ran you over or (laughs) the next dream that i'm going to talk about uh, mm-hmm. I definitely had a certain side of my bed that I slept away from because I felt like if I, I believe if I was faced a wall, I felt like I had worse dreams, which is crazy. Like, you know, little kid superstition, but I'd always sleep away from the wall because I felt like it gave me bad dreams. Away from the wall? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it was because I was sleeping towards the light and the wall was darker or what, but. Could have been. What's the, what's the other one you've been having? Or like I guess another Yeah, the other one I had. had. So this, I think, is probably in our second house that we grew up in. And probably around the time Sam, so our youngest brother, was little and first brought to the house. So he was mm-hmm. definitely between one or two. And I had this dream where I was sitting on the floor, the carpeted floor in the playroom, the infamous playroom and infamous. I was playing with him and he Sam like turns to me and very horror movie esque. He like opens his mouth really wide and starts to scream, but it's so loud that it's like deafening and I can't hear anything and I can't hear myself talk or like yell. And he just keeps doing it until I wake up, which even saying it, it still gives me shivers. He just keeps that opening is- his mouth like wider and wider. <laughs> That's pretty freaky. I like what is that dream supposed to mean? Like what I don't know. Do we have what did I see? <laughs> you know, what did I see that inspired that? Like running you over, I think, is like a 
one where I was worried that I might hurt you or something like that. So that one's I can mm-hmm. kind of like explain away. But that one, I'm like, going the infinitely screaming baby. That's uh, a scream that's so loud that you can't even hear the scream, but it's just like a humming. Like when you have things to it, it's like that humming vibration in your ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. I'm, I'm wondering like if, because we didn't watch or like experience a lot of like scary stuff when we were younger, I, I feel like. Yeah. Like we didn't watch a lot of, I can't even think of like one scary movie we watched other than something we might mention later. But like that would bring that on because that's, that's pretty outlandish. Yeah. Because so... This next one is one where I was, God, again, so this is all seven to eight years old, right? Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I, I can't really think of any other nightmares I've had, so this is this is your <laughs> domain right now. Uh, so seven to eight years old, and I was doing something with our family or anyway, somehow it came around that, you know, mom and dad, you are our sister, were like would look at me and be like, you're not supposed to be here. Like you're not. And like, I would be like, no, it's me. It's Charlie. And they're like, no, you're not Charlie. Um, like, a, like they didn't know who I was. Like I was an imposter and it's not, I oh, didn't have, a re- I didn't have a replacement. Weird. It was like, I was literally wiped from their memory. Like, and it wasn't in, like, I never had that moment where like, Oh, Jack's the oldest child. Now I was like, no, they didn't know who I was. And I had to like go outside. Mm. <laughs> Cause I could go outside. outside. <laughs> yeah. R- random kid. Get out of here. You know, isn't that weird? Like, it's, that one I think is just like social anxiety and like worry yeah. I wasn't fitting in. But, God, that's, uh, yeah, so those are cut. three dreams that I, and there are a couple more, but I won't bring it up because I feel like talking too much about nightmares is a little silly. But, yeah, those are three that I still, it's so easy for me yeah. to recall. It's like I had them last night. That's weird. Because, the, yeah, the only one, like I said, I just remember like a lot of falling dreams and getting stuck. Like, that's the one that sticks out the most to me. I feel like there have been times where I don't think it was a dream, but it kind of relates to it. Like, where I'm back when we had, had the bunk bed uh, in our second house, like, I was sitting there trying to go to bed. And I just felt this, you know, the sensation you get, like, when, I don't know, I don't think you've been out late at night like I have, but like, you're out, like, walking, you're riding a bike, and like, someone's behind you, and you're like, like that feeling where you're like yeah like the prickles on the back of your neck yeah imagine that like six times worse and so i was like what is that so then i look up at the foot of the bed and i i swear to god i see this like black figure like perched on like the post of the bed like just like looking at me and i was like you have never told me this i i because it freaked me out and okay but that's wild though no i don't know how i didn't wake you up but i literally like fell out of the bed Right. Picked myself up and ran out, like, and shut the door and slept out in the front room. That's wild. I, didn't, I okay. didn't scream. I didn't yell, but I was like, I, that, I like, petrified. that, yeah. And it wasn't a dream or a nightmare. So I was like, this is, I don't know what this is. So, man, uh, that's so weird that you say that because in that same bunk oh, bed, don't tell me you've against the wall, right? Like, against the wall next to the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I never saw anything, but the one like ghost experience that I can say. So there's one when I was really little, I was outside and I could have swore and someone was like, Charlie. And I looked around <laughs> and there was nobody. And I went to my, I went to mom and I was like, Hey, 
did you call me? And she's like, no. And of course, mom was like, it's the voice of God, which that's fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle that, but I was like, no, (laughs) five-year-old Charlie was like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) But okay. In the bunk bed, I was laying there, you know, little sheet, thin sheet. And I could have sworn, I felt like cold fingers, like three, Mm. four fingers go down my shoulder like someone touched me and I rolled over and there was no one there. So it's so weird that you say that because, you know, I, I wonder if it was that same night. <laughs> that I would typically, be horrifying. Yeah, that would be horrifying. I mean, the age range sounds right. So, but I typically, I don't believe in anything like that. Like, I don't think it's, you know, I much more think that ghosts would be, I would much rather believe that, time is overlapping in a weird way or we're picking up echoes from like you know a different time but like i don't believe that there are spirits of the dead walking around so that's me but that's the like one experience where i'm like that's freaky like that's just weird yeah i i think it's the power like the human mind is like we're still trying to understand it so i feel like that plays so much more of a role into like making ghosts real rather than like you know them actually existing right because like you will see faces, things, and figures in the darkness or like on mm-hmm. a wall, if you, you know, want to basically. So the pile of clothes that's you know a person sitting on a chair, looking up at the ceiling fan. You're like that kind of looks like something looking at me, <laughs> and you're just staring right. at it like just right. falling like. <gasps> but <laughs> let's yeah. let's so, move on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to to a subject that. Traumatized both of us. Traumatized. (laughs) In the realm of scary movies, the one that sticks out to my brother and I the most, and I think our sister too, actually, is a movie movie called Watership Down. Yeah. So, Charlie, just to add a little. Some explaining. Yeah. So, a little bit of context Watership Down. We're talking about an animated version that came out in um, 1978. And. Oh, my. So that explains a freaky animation. You know, it's funny because, of course, our parents probably set us up to watch this movie not thinking, hey, this movie is horrifying. I mean, Watership Down is kind of a dark story. Um, but there were, there's like a specific part in this movie. And it's so funny because uh, just, what, a couple days ago we had our younger brother, or yesterday, last night, we went and celebrated our youngest brother's birthday. And Jack brought this up and I was like, yeah, but there's this part where, and I think it's a vision for the main, it's a funny, I don't even know Watership Down that well, probably because this movie traumatized me, but I think it's a vision the main rabbit character has. And it's like his burrow of rabbits gets overcrowded and like piled over. And Ooh. so there's all these rabbits <laughs> that are just suffocating and dying. And mm-hmm. it is horrifying. Like, Talk about like just being scary and weird and there's the weird shadow rabbit and not to mention like the dogs attacking (laughs) the rabbits and like tearing them apart like it that movie is horrifying and I it's funny I've never watched it again but I would like to watch it again because I'm sure it's not as bad as I remember (laughs) but well because that that, that was traumatizing. That whole part like happens like I think the dog is eating them from one side, or like yeah, I could be wrong, completely wrong, but like like they're that, eating yeah. them from one side, and so they're trying to go back into the tunnel, but they can't because the tops of the tunnel are being like 
like there's a construction or something going on and they're being like flattened out so like they can't get through and so they're just all like suffocating in these tunnels and they're like choking and like choking at blood i'm like yeah and it's like oh my god and it's not like dark that's just, it's like yellow and red and it's like it's weird like, vision outline weird, i don't know weirdly vibrant it's yeah it's unsettling it gives me, you know what movie gives me similar vibes is the uh, mm. Secret of Nim. Gives me similar vibes to Watership Down. Do you remember yeah, the, the Secret of Nim? Style? Yeah, the not about the, very much about the the mice and uh, they get the gem, and the mom has a sick kid. Pairs up with the crow or the bird, oh, and the giant owl. Yeah, I'm having a hard time remembering. Anyways, that, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of scary movies as a kid. Of course, there are, you know, the things I wasn't ready to see, like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan, I saw way too young, and that horrified Dude, me, because that was the first time I saw, like, what war really was like, so to speak. Well, I, gotta, I mean, not experiencing yeah, it, but, but... I mean, if I can speak on that just real quick, I mean, I haven't, I gotta be honest, I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan in its entirety, because I just haven't. But the scene that I've seen many times, the like the sniper scene with like the rain coming down, and everything, I, the guy gets shot and that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. That scene, I'm just like, ugh, that gives me chills because <laughs> it's just like, it's horrible. It, yeah. It's, it's scary in a different way. Yeah, that I mean, you know, growing up playing, um, oh, it's weird to say, like Call of Duty and the, like so the early Call of Duties, Call of Duty, no, Medal of Honor, yeah, Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor. You know, that's my only reference for what war is. And then to watch like the beginning D-Day scene of uh, Saving Private Ryan is Mm -hmm. (laughs) very harrowing. And you're like, like, that's just, it's just, it's just really rough. It's really rough to think that kids younger than us sent and went through that. It's like some scenes in Band of Brothers too is like, right. Yeah. Those are hard to watch. (laughs) <laughs> like it's really like, when i was a kid i feel like i could watch him easier but like now that i'm older it's harder to watch i think it's because just because as i've grown older and i think also because i have ellie like it's hard for me to watch people in pain hmm. even if i know it's not real it's just like i don't like seeing people suffer <laughs> yeah <laughs> like see, at all i and this is why i kind of bring up that i don't think i've had nightmares recently because so, of course, like I, and this might, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm a psychopath, but any like representation or media, there are a few categories that I don't want to watch, like um, like sexual assault and things like that, that I find like really uncomfortable. And there's so few, mm-hmm. I think, shows or, you know, movies that don't do something weird with that kind of category that it's just kind of distasteful and gross. Yeah. But as far as violence and horror and, you know, I've watched all the saw movies, you know, I've watched so many things now that I think I am desensitized to that, but it's because I do separate it. Like there is definitely a switch in my mind that goes, this isn't real. Yeah, for sure. Um, as so many people, so many people, so many video essayists and people who talk about horror have said, there's something I think kind of cathartic for me and watching it because you can kind of put yourself in those shoes and kind of vicariously live through that experience, but not have to be in any real danger. And so you can Mm -hmm. be like, Oh man, I I survived it. 
And that's why it's so nice to watch a horror movie in the same way it's nice to eat something spicy because it starts your <laughs> adrenaline. And so you have that uh, very innate human response. I wonder if there's a correlation with people who like spicy foods and also like horror movies and people who don't like spicy foods and might not like horror movies because I don't like spicy foods <laughs> or horror. And so I'm wondering, <laughs> I don't like horror movies that much either. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like some movies I'm like, I, it's like, it's whatever. Like, I mean, I want to bring up one movie that like, uh, you like a lot. Um, the, it's called the witch. Yeah. Yeah. That one, like it is a good movie. It was not scary at all to me. I was kind of like, yeah, mm. like maybe we should my save. Mo- hold on, we should save the witch for later on because that does feed into something else. Yeah, I just, I just want to bring it up as like that. Like, was not scared to me in any way, or like right. unsettling. I was kind of like, just kind of weird, you know. Which yeah. I guess is unsettling, but not like in the, ugh. yeah. But like then you have something like I don't know, uh, Juwan or the Grudge. Yeah. Which if we if have you ever watched The Grudge? I have. Have you watched like Juwan? Yeah, like the original one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, that's a good one. And what I like so much about that one is that there's so much more. I love like suspense and like you're like it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Oh, it didn't happen. Like that happening over and over again is way better than it just being like like all in your face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. There's something to be said about the way you present, I guess, your the the main like the horror like villain. Like you can either convey it to be like this is something that's like present to the whole movie and you don't really ever see it. That's to me a lot more terrifying than like, oh, it's this guy with the chainsaw. Right. And he's chasing you down. You know what I mean? I don't know. I've I haven't seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or anything like that, but it has it has an interest in me. So, <laughs> well, do you want to go ahead and move on to the the third topic, the topic that I titled "When Horror Became Interesting," which for me yeah, starts I, I with say, uh, honorable mentions to like the thing, John Car- John oh, Carpenter's that's, the that's thing. All, that's all coming up later. Like I said, okay, okay. Well, no, I think for also, me, you know. I guess we talked about this early earlier on before we started recording, but this idea that for me, I watched a lot of horror movies and it's so rare that one is actually scary and like mm-hmm. really is. And I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm just past that point where I can really be scared. You know, I don't really count jump scares as being scary because I really think that if somebody like immediately threw like a really cute puppy in your face out of nowhere, you would jump and be like, "Oh my god!" But you know, yeah, it, it's yeah, I, I agree. when something just pops into your face. You know, I think good jump scares are good jump scares. I mean, there's one that we'll talk about later that I think is really horrifying. But yeah. Anyways, if you want to continue, I guess I'll just shut up about anything. <laughs> oh no, no, it's just no, just no, I'm, just, I'm just honest with you. Just I think, lock I think it's that funny how mental chest. I think it's funny how our brains work though <laughs> so very similar yet very dissimilar yes <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes you can't tell but i'm like doing the whole finger thing you know like steepling your fingers y- yeah uh, yeah steepling 
So Steeping. go back in time. Oh, yeah. Go back in time, let's say about 13 years. You're a little child, young teenager, walking mm-hmm. in a blockbuster for games oh, to rent. Oh, baby. You look on the shelf and you see the cover. This guy got glowing, what, yellow eyes. And he has these two, he's like coated in shadow. And he has these two tentacles that are coming up. The game is called The Darkness. <laughs> Um, Ooh, baby. So I remember this specifically because this was one of the first rated M games where <laughs> our dad was like, "Hey, do you feel like you're old enough to play this?" And I was, like, <laughs> and of course I'm like, "Yeah, what are you? Yeah, yeah. Um, what are you, Dad? Don't be lame." <laughs> now I will. I will I not say that the darkness is like a fantastic game or anything like that, but it is one of my all time favorite games. Um. I think his name is Mike Patton as the voice of the darkness. And anyone who is listening to this, just search uh, Mike Patton, the darkness. And he does this incredibly haunting, sometimes screechy high pitch, sometimes low and rumbling voice for this demon that possesses this gangster named Jackie Estacado on his 21st birthday. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, I can't can't do it, but And the game is just, maybe to draw a more direct comparison to people who play video games, it reminds me a lot of the first Fear game, where you have a lot of Mm -hmm. empty open spaces, Um, but the specific part in that game that I love is when you go inside the darkness, you can see the purgatory of different people who have been possessed or killed by the darkness, and it's this eternal... World War One. Setting, yes, right? exactly. It's that eternal World War One setting with these, you know, the four like horsemen of the apocalypse that are these weird, almost like totems or monikers out in the middle of the wasteland. And it's just horrifying and weird. And there's these giant war machines made of like rusty yeah. iron going along tracks. Um, so for me, that was when I was, you know, taking something I that was kind of horrifying and dark. And I was like, this is, this is good. I really like this. I like this style. I like exploring things that, you know, aren't all sunshine, aren't all happy. So for me, that was what informed kind of my descent. Into mm-hmm. I mean, the I feel like the, the darkness is one of those games that when I first watched it, I can remember how old I was, <laughs> Stop. but it was, <laughs> It was one of the first games I was like, this is, like, too dark for me when I initially watched it. Like, I watched you play. I was like, I can't, like... Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about it that really, like, didn't didn't sit right with me. But, like, some other things, as I got, like, a little older, I was like, this is actually it's pretty freaking cool, though. Right. <laughs> like, the idea right. of the darkness and how it's portrayed in the game is so cool. And... I like the main character a lot because I think he's yeah. like he's almost like your typical like cool he guy is. main character, but like and he has almost like, like he almost like he was in the band Three hair. Days Grace. Yeah, that's what I feel like. <laughs> On the night of my twenty first birthday, that that was the first time I died. The grungy Little, uh, subways. And... <laughs> yeah, hey, that, that game was grab the shotgun, shoot the police. You know, that game like, was like. <laughs> really behind and then ahead at the time 
because you have that mm-hmm. whole scene with Jackie and his girlfriend where you can like sit on the couch with her and just watch old TV shows. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. That game had like the TVs where you could just go through and watch like old cartoons yeah. or old shows. Like for like, <laughs> you just sit there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much it played to like sort of like looping, but you could watch a good amount. I remember oh, being yeah. like, this is pretty cool. A little bit of and trivia. I- um, Richard Horowitz, the guy who voiced uh, Invader Zim, did one yeah. of the characters in uh, The Darkness. Oh, does he do the little... little yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't speak that, enough about that, that game. Cool. You know, having to... You know, in most horror games, you want to stay <laughs> in the light. But in this one, the light actively yeah, you're, takes away from your darkness power. So you have to break the lights. And so you're constantly looking at all these light yeah. sources. And you're like, how can I break <laughs> it? How can I do this? How can I consume the hearts of people? Yeah, so it's it's a it's it's a pretty dark game, but that was my first intro into yeah. Uh, how can I break this realm. light? To how can I consume the hearts of people? <laughs> it's a it's a pretty big jump. I feel like. <laughs> so I know what I want to talk about next, Jack. But I'm I'm gonna recall it, Dead yeah. Space, or Dead I space. should say, Dead Space. So we have talked Dead about space. Dead Space. I think in our top five gaming moments i believe so which the secret is episode the secret episode yeah but why don't you go ahead and uh start us off here and what do you so, remember about dead space what was your why does it stick out so much to you so the reason dead space sticks out to me so much is i remember it very vividly because i think it was one of the first hor- i think it was the first horror game that i played that actually i had to like put it down and stop playing for like that night or the day or whatever. Because like even in the daytime, it would freak me out. I remember staying home one day because I went to uh, the dentist, I think. So like this was like when we first had it. And I could not play it even in the daytime. I was like, this is horrifying. Yeah. And there's so, there's so many scenes in that game that I feel like are done so well. The music, the atmosphere, the sounds the necromorphs make. Uh, Isaac's screams in particular. Like just make it so much more like real and and the whole idea of like space and this alien in space is just such a good idea (laughs) like it's been done countless times but i feel like dead space really captured something especially the first one especially captured like something real special like lightning in a bottle because you can look back on it and say like oh it's full of jump scares which yeah there are plenty of jump scares in it but it was at the time it came out was just such a memorable memorable time for me because like we all played through it we all like experienced it multiple times and it was a lot of fun so i mean if you want to get into some specifics feel free but yeah so for me not growing up with movies like john carpenter's the thing or alien aliens of course our dad really loved aliens um and so we had been exposed to that, but Dead Space taking a lot of influence from those genres, and especially Alien in particular, mm-hmm. that was my first jump into that kind of dark sci-fi world, hyper-industrial. You know, you start the start the game up, and it's your jump, and you see, you know, Isaac's listening to the message from Nicole, and you approach Ishimura and it immediately goes wrong. And I think what is so great about that space, you know, everything that you mentioned, um, the sound design is fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, the jump scares, you know, do stick out, but there are plenty of moments in that game. The first time I think you go into the hospital or one of the rooms and you have to go down this elevator and the quarantine alarm goes off and you just get swarmed yeah. and those moments, those high tension <clears throat> moments where you are like fighting for your life and the mm. fact that it is so quiet and that Isaac doesn't talk. Yeah. It is really lightning in a bottle for me because God, I can mention so many moments. The, uh, those big necromorphs that have the, they're like separate parts and they base they sound like whales and you know, you hear oh. them and you, yeah. And it's just, that game has so many things about it that I love yeah. so much. And it's one of those games that I wish I could go back and erase my memory of playing so I could play again for the first time. Yeah, definitely. And the weird psychological nature of the marker. I mean, the story doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but I mean, it makes sense, but it's not like this crazy depth, depth story. And it's, yeah. it's sad to see that Dead Space didn't, become something really great something like silent hill i guess silent hill eventually kind of you know fell off the deep end as well (laughs) but Mm -hmm. i mean even the extended dead space universe uh the i don't know if it was before or after the game but the like the animated comics i think the comics are coming out like weekly prior to release of the game yeah but that's right i feel like i remember those i still want to make one of those one day like the way yeah. the comics are animated, like like super like sketchy, mm-hmm. super like basic animations. A lot of it was just like the like the music and like just the the voice actors. Like it was portrayed so well and like captured like the the world Dead Space was in so well that like I'll go back and watch that like the whole like six like you know episode like this like it's like a compilation of all six episodes. Like I'll go back and watch that. Yeah. Every so often, I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> there. I mean, you probably remember the part where you're, he's like, oh, yes, we're transporting the bodies now. Yeah. And the, or like, the guy, no, no, it's the scene after, spoilers, the scene after all those people commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And that guy's watching it on the monitor, and it zooms yeah. up to him, and he has like that really freaky, like, grin on his face. Yeah. Like, ooh, <laughs> that, it's so good. You yeah. Know? And, but you're right. Like, it doesn't, the world, it, like it all makes sense, but at the same time, it kind of doesn't. Yeah, I mean, like you have to dig really deep to make it make sense. I feel like, and I think that was what was so good about the first one. And you know, I think where they went off at the end is going too much into the marker stuff, not playing to just the alien and the horror nature of it. I mean, the mm-hmm. idea of, like, a planet cracker ship that, like, flies out to these distant planets and just pulls this huge chunk out of a planet. I mean, that's wild. Like, yeah. something that <laughs> you do kind cool. of believe is possible. You're like, yeah, I can see us doing that in the future, the far-flung future. Um, yeah, 200 years from now. And not to mention, I mean, we talked about it with the darkness, but how cool Dead Space could be as well. Like, every time you'd get a new suit upgrade... You'd step in there and the music, <laughs> done. You'd come out and it, each yeah. suit was great and had a little bit more armor on it. And it, you always mm-hmm. felt like, okay, yeah, I can well, do, do it Well, do you now. remember like the the like the like special like PlayStation Obsidian suit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one was super cool. Like just all the like little special suits they did. They did like an old style, like obviously Dead Space-ish, Dead Space-ish but like a astronaut suit and that kind of stuff. It was 
super cool. Like, I don't know. I just remember that game being so significant because one of the time I was like, this is the best looking game I've ever seen. The best sounding yeah. game. The sound design's amazing. The audio, like just in all aspects, is so good. Yeah. Like down to Isaac's, <sighs> mm-hmm. like through the helmet, you know, and like just the walking sounds as you're going. When you're yeah. in like zero gravity, it just like just hear like, you know, like the really low like tones. Like it's it's so well done. I yeah. don't know. It's just no, something that- about it. Everything you said is great, and it's funny because as kids who missed the early horror games, uh, Resident Evil 4, those types of games, Dead Space was the first one for us, and I don't think that can mm-hmm. be uh, stated enough because so many people will say, oh man, Silent Hill 2, the first Silent Hill, Resident Evil 4, any of the you know early, mm-hmm. you know, early Resident Evil games, but for us it was yeah. Dead Space. That was... The one, it came out, what, October 2008? <laughs> and it was, yeah, that game. I, I love that yeah. game. And like it's it's hard for me to imagine going back and playing like Silent Hill 1 and 2 because I've played them in very, like very minimal amounts. And it's just, I, I can't, I can't get into it, which which sucks. But like, mm. I don't know. There's maybe sometimes I should just sit down and watch you play it if we ever do like, like a series on it or something. Right. But like, I don't know. I just... It's hard for me to get into a good horror game. I do have one I want to mention that was my favorite of all time. Oh, but I think it's the next you, one on my list, so go right ahead. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's probably not, but <laughs> we are at the forty-minute mark. Try doing do a clear some space from your hard drive, or oh, I already did. Already did. Cool, cool. Yeah. Just want to make sure. <laughs> okay, so we're not pausing. My this is gonna be a longer episode, which I think will be kind of nice because, anyways. The game I want to mention that's one of my all-time favorite games before we kind of get into some other ones is my personal one is Outlast. That was the next one on my list. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I have, I have an interesting experience with this game, so go ahead and set the scene because you mm-hmm. were all over this game. So Outlast, way back when I first started streaming actually, uh, was the first game that I streamed. And... But prior to me streaming it, I had played it a good amount. And so when I started streaming it, I just kind of, what was that sound? I just kind of ran through it a little bit. But so Outlast takes part, takes part, takes place where you're driving up to this, takes part in place in time. Uh, You're driving up to this asylum that's more like, you know, it's supposed to be like a medical center for uh, patients who were, you know, very like, it's an psychologically asylum. disturbed. Yeah, I was trying to think of a very nice way to say it. Psychologically disturbed. Uh, and so you're driving up, and because you got this letter from this guy, who's like, "There's a lot of stuff going on here that I shouldn't even be sending to you right now, but like, you need to get this out to the world because what's going on here is like completely messed up." And so you drive up, and it's just looming building. So you turn off your car, you go, and you know. Gate closes behind you, and you walk up. First thing you see as you look up at the building, shadow of a man in, like, the third floor room. <laughs> I think Laura's, like, phone is ringing. Is, um, the shadow of a man leaves, light turns off. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's already getting into it. The way Outlast is played is there are a lot of jump scares. 
but there's so much about the game that I like because I find the aspect of like psycholog like humans and like psychology is like really interesting to me. And so like that game plays on just like humans being like just like tortured psychologically and like just it's so hard to like know where to begin because there's so much about the game that I like. I love that it's through the camera, you use your night vision. I love that you know you pick up these documents. If you read it, like you get all this backstory. Uh, this then the, you can't do anything when you're being attacked. Like you have to run. And I know some people hate that, but to me, there's just something so terrifying about that. Is that like in a game? Like yeah, I can defend myself, but no, like you can't defend yourself in this game because these are crazy, weirdly strong like people that are just you know, you can't do anything against, basically. And there's this whole, like, weird, like, religious thing going on, and, like, these experiments, and... I don't know. I, I, I really like the game. I th- I feel like I'm all over the place, but... Tell me no. t- tell me your experience with it. So, of course, Jack is recommending Outlast to me, the, you know, the moment I think he starts playing it. And yeah, I tried it a couple times and was really put off by losing battery life and not being able to see anything. Because if you don't use night vision in that game, it's there are some sections where you can't see anything. There's like and, three parts. I mean, there's there are some parts where Go you ahead. can't see anything. I mean, anyways. But anyways. <laughs> for me, and I guess a little bit of backstory, I like having a lot of control in the games I play. That's why it's hard for me in like some modern RPGs like The Witcher 3 to see so many things to do and not do all of them which ends up defeating my enjoyment of the game overall because if I would just do what I wanted to do I would have more fun but the thing is is what I want to do is I want to have control and I had this kind of moment in Outlast where I said you know what like how about I just enjoy it and then of course I was always trying to play it on a harder difficulty because I like playing games on hard and Jack was like, well, you know, knock down the difficulty. Just play it on normal and see if you like it. And so, you know, and I find a few more batteries. You'll be fine. Right. Right. And so, you know, I started it up and I just kind of jumped into it. And that was I love that game because that was the first game that kind of I had to let that control go. Because, yeah, I, in Outlast, you don't have any control. Like people are chasing you and you know, you have to run from them. And what I love about that game is that very tactile nature of that. And that, you know, playing the game more, it is flexible. Like the game is designed for you to get seen and to run away and hide. And that's not something I think I got when I first did it because I Mm -hmm. wanted to sneak by everybody perfectly. I didn't ever want to be seen, but some of the, (laughs) some of the, you know, best parts in that game is, when you're walking and then somebody bursts out of a door and is like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. And you just turn around and run yeah. and you're smashing <laughs> through doors and you're jumping over something that's right behind you. And you're just, you just escape. Well, and that game yeah, is well, so good about doing that. <laughs> well, what, so some games, so I will say outlast two, it was fine, but it suffered a lot from being like, I don't know where to go and I'm just getting killed. Yeah, that, the first Outlast, Outlast is very linear. In didn't that really way. have it. Not linear. Yeah, it was a lot more linear. I like, guess having well, the rooms and hallways, you have more direction. There was. 
Outlast is really special to me because I feel like, I don't know, it just, it kind of really got me interested in the whole just aspect of, in a weird world, like, kind of, there are like some paranormal things in the game. Take out the paranormal stuff, this kind of thing could very well have existed. Because you hear, you read stories about old, like, you know, insane asylums, basically, and they're horrible. And, like, you look at some pictures of those, and you compare it to Outlast, and you're like, yeah, it's, obviously, it's a video game, but, like, it's not that far off. Yeah. But, like, there's a part in that game, uh, some spoilers, obviously, there's a part in the game where you're going through these rooms, and there are these curtains drawn on, like, these medical beds, and you just hear people, like, like you know like mm-hmm. well, you're like okay and then there's this guy in this chair you open the door <laughs> you close it and he starts like going like ah, ah, get away from me you know like that like yeah. starts shrieking yeah. you turn around these two guys like run to the door that you close and you gotta push this thing aside and get through and as soon as you do they break down that door you slam the door close you know yeah. something to cover it and like that whole scene where you're running like that i didn't die the first time i did that because i think it's done very well as in you know where to go Right. And there is a bit of leeway, like, if you, like, oh, not this way, turn around, there's a bit of leeway for that, which I think is yeah. super nice. And you're running, and there's this jump you gotta do, barely make it climb up, okay, it's done. You walk, and then the music starts up again, you hear him burst through this door, and you're like, <laughs> oh, God, it's not over yet. And so, like, that part is so good. And then, like, you get the escape, this guy's like, hey, like, get in here, get in here. Like, I got you, I got you. You get in there, as soon as they break on the door the thing on like your little shoot closes and you start going up you mm-hmm. get up and he's like oh hi there bop like basically yeah. like, you know knocks you out puts you in a wheelchair straps you up to it like that whole part's so good <laughs> like, yeah no the way that, that game, game does a lot of stuff is so i think it's done very well i know there's a lot of uh people who critique uh critique outlast but in my opinion oh, i no. think it's i think it's a very captures, um, well done game but obviously it is there are a lot of jump scares, which people don't like. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that game captures uh, the scariest feeling of running from somebody. I mean, yeah. and you can't you can't get away from that. And there are so many moments where you're just running and it's just a chaotic kind of break. And then it's that you, you know, jump into a bed, you get into a locker and you're just waiting and you're <laughs> turn on your camera. The person comes yeah. in, you turn <laughs> you, it off. Your guy. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's it's very good to move on from i think those three main games i have to of course give a shout out as we mentioned earlier to silent hill especially i i really like the first one but the second one i think is really good now i will say for me those games are a little bit of a chore to play it's hard growing up with modern games and then coming back to those and having to move around and having to play like that. There are all sorts of people who will make the argument that that's how the game is supposed to feel, but it is, it's hard. It, like, yeah. I mean, it's also all the memes are like, Oh, you run to a room, the camera changes, you go back into the hallway you ran into, you go back into the room that you just ran to because right. the camera's changing and that changes your movement. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's some things like that, but that being said, those games I think are master classes and especially psychological horror and atmosphere mm-hmm. silent hill 2 especially um is just a, good music yeah great music there are so many good like just 
moments in that game. In fact, if anybody is interested, uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, his name is Jacob Geller. He did a video essay about why horror music, like the music of horror games, so not like creepy music, but the music of horror games is so good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, contrasting these high tension or just terrifying metal screeching radio static with, oh, hey, there's this chill kind of piano tune. Oh, hey, there's this catchy kind of jazzy song. And the contrast of those makes makes those tracks stand out more. It makes me want to mention uh, the game Cry of Fear, which I think you played. I did play, yeah. That game has some soundtracks that are just like a saw going over base, like of, over wood, and like something <gasps> like, you know, like, and yeah. that's playing while you're going through certain parts of the game. And the other parts are just like these really like, exactly. relaxing, like very like mellow. Like Cry of Fear is a really interesting game. I think it's also like kind of a really depressing game. But, like it it's. Is. I mean, again, spoilers, if you don't hear just, you know, kind of like 10 seconds, but basically you're kind of battling your character's depression. That's like what the whole game is. And so the game can end in like a multiple different ways, but Grafier is a, it's an interesting game, honorable mention there. I think Fear is another honorable yeah. mention. Oh, I mean, yeah. one list, Fear, what sticks out to me in that game, like, I think it did a lot of things super well. But one thing that always stuck out to me is how the uh, enemies in that game sound and play. <laughs> like oh my gosh. All, yeah. And the gun, the gun sounds in that game are so well done for for the, for the time, especially. Well, and just the way that game feels to play, you know, you're going in and out of slow motion, and the sound effects <laughs> as things will blow up, lights get blown around. There's a bunch of smoke. It's just chaotic. That game, I think, is just a really good shooter in general. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. It was. I think it was. I think it was the first mix of like horror and shooter games. So, I think I might be wrong on that, but you're probably wrong. really really good game. I probably but am. Another mention that I first can't, person of course, shooter. I should say. I, I don't know say. if you ever played this, but um, Amnesia: Dark Descent. I played it for about an hour or two. Amnesia is really. I think fantastic. And of course, you know, Amnesia, I think especially the Dark Descent is what kind of started the Let's Play YouTube series. You know, so many I mean, YouTubers just, got those early PewDiePie days. Yeah. <laughs> One of the first videos you showed me of him right. was uh, was that Amnesia video. Yeah. But I could not mention that game. You know, of course, everybody mentions this moment. But when you're going through a flooded hallway in the depths of this manor house and there's an invisible monster in the water and you have to pick up items and throw them and you hear the splashes and the music and then you have to very quickly run through the water jump on top of a box and the thing gets right up close to you and you know it's there but you just can't see it it's just invisible Mm -hmm. real good i mean chef's kiss good but i think of course there are so many other games we could mention but definitely moving on to so out of all of these things you might have gotten some bits, some hints, some pieces about what actually scares each of us individually. And so, Jack, before we move into, you know, the type of horror that we love and the type of horror that we seek out or don't seek mm-hmm. out, why don't you talk about, like, what actually scares you? Like, nowadays, what yeah, so, actually scares you? Like, I mean, there, I mean, I could, like, very, like, real-world scary things, um, 
like things that could actually happen. Like obviously, like if I lost like Ellie at the zoo or something like that, like which happened to me when I was a kid. Like losing uh, her in any way would be horrifying. That's obviously like it's like that kind of stuff is like a very real obvious thing that'd scare me. But like if I had to like choose like realish things that could happen, um, I hate the sound of like crying or somebody in pain in like in darkness. Like it, it is this weird primal fear. I feel like where. Rather than be like, oh, like I should go help. It's more like I need to get away, because what's making them do that in the first place? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the something, especially like footsteps, getting closer and louder, and you can't see what's making those footsteps. Hate that. Um, there's a part where it happens in Outlast in the DLC, and it freaks me out every single time and i can't get over it uh humans not moving like they should <laughs> so like i'm not talking like someone like you know like like shaking or whatever but like if you're like walking like like hey man like you doing okay and like you know they like their head like like their body like cracks as they look at you like that's that's not okay. <laughs> like, there's something like deeply unsettling about that to me. Like, there, the things that I think I find scary are just things that are more so unsettling. Where, like, in your mind, you're you know that something isn't right or something is very very wrong, but you have no idea why. That that's what freaks me out. If I have to put it like in general terms. I think. No, that's good. What about so, you? So, yeah. So for me, of course. Thank the... you for letting me talk, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> so for me. So anyways, I'm <laughs> Through your rambling mess of a... I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> wow. So. Subscribe. Subscribe. Notification bell. Patreon. Bing. Um, thumbs up. Comment. <laughs> thumbs up. Comment. <laughs> I, of course, the death of a family member or a loved one is scary, but for some reason that falls, I guess, on a further spectrum of fear for me to trauma and dread. And so if I have to think of things that scare me or terrify me, of course, those things are on the list. Mm -hmm. But as far as like real things that could happen to me. I don't think there's very much. I, of course I've never been on the top of a huge building. So, but I've been up on high places, so I don't think I'm scared of heights. I've never been in a deep, dark cave with the walls all around me. So I, you know, I can't say hundred percent that I'm not claustrophobic, but claustrophobic spaces don't bother me. Um, There's not a lot that, spooks me or scares me in fact most of the things that do spook or scare me i think were just childhood things that still kind of resonate with me now so Mm -hmm. you know but it's funny because so kate uh my girlfriend like she anytime there's a sound in the house she'll be like what was that 
and I'm like, it's, it's nothing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. unless I hear somebody banging on the door or a window Something being broken, really like, yeah, there's not much that will really draw my attention. Of course, you know, maybe that's a bad thing. You know, I, <laughs> I have a weird habit of always like double checking that the doors are locked at night that, you know, things are all secure and taken care of, but that's more of like an OCD habit rather than I am dreadfully afraid that somebody would break in. You know what yeah. I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, I, that's an interesting question because I don't think there's a lot that truly scares me. Of course, you know, I guess barring tragedy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, of course, I, car wrecks, like, things like that are scary. I was to say I feel like, yeah, that is a whole different spectrum of like things that are scary. It's like tragedy and things that are traumatizing can stem from something being scary, but that doesn't make them necessarily like things you're scared of. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Like if you lost Ellie, that would be horribly traumatic. Like, no. Oh, and so that goes yeah. beyond, I guess, <laughs> for me hearing footsteps or now I'm not saying like, you know, you can't be scared of those things. Or if you are scared of those things, you know, you're a baby. Cause I don't think that at all. People are going to be scared of what they're going to be scared of. And that's fine. You know, you might see something and you're like, Ooh, I don't, I don't like that. That's creepy. And I might be like, Oh man, I want to yeah. see more of that. And it's, that's a taste well, and that's a preference. Yeah. Well, it's my, it's interesting. Cause I think one time for, for a future episode, it might be fun to dive into the topic of like where humans like innate fear comes from. Cause I think no matter who you are, Something about like the darkness is scary to everybody. Now, some people are like, oh, I'm not afraid of the dark. I think a lot of people are actually afraid of the dark. And I'm not just saying like, oh, dark room. I mean, like, if you're in the forest at you know at night, you didn't have your phone, you didn't have anything like that. Like that setting of being completely defenseless, unprepared, is scary mm. to anybody. I, I I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. sure there's some tough people who would say it wouldn't yeah. be, but like everyone would would be freaking out because for thousands of years <laughs> thousands of years that's how our ancestors thousands lived. of years thousands of years and so i mean like it's not even you know we're just now getting to a point where it's a little over i think a little over 100 years maybe a little under where 100. clothes like being made the way they are like oh like you can just go buy a red shirt like green shirt like is like it's a fairly new thing go back 500 years yeah, dad got killed trying to get food for us, and so now we're just going to be here and starve. We don't know that he died, though, because uh, we don't know how to, we, there's no way to know. So um, he just yeah. didn't come back after about three months, so we just kind of get figured, you know? Yeah. So I think it, uh, it'd be interesting to dive into. I'm, I'm really super interested in, like, ancient man and Neanderthals, as, you know, as Neanderthal or Neanderthal. Um, I think it just depends on where you're from. But, uh, <laughs> like, that whole side of, like, human evolution super interesting i'd like to do an episode on that at some point just innate human fear because it's interesting right so long tangent but necessary growing from that topic horror that we seek out now so for me i find that i am very entranced and love the idea of existential horror so horror that is beyond human control or something Mm -hmm. that shows a character or puts in you the fear that hey you're not the most important thing in the world hey you can't control what is happening 
And so going back to the, you know, a lot of, I think a big proponent of this is probably Lovecraft and as problematic as Lovecraft can be, as I talked in the writing episode, he definitely taps into that fear that mankind and human and human purpose is just this accident and that there are greater <laughs> and higher powers that are so beyond what we could even perceive that to look upon them or to be involved with them drives a person, no matter how tough, insane. And so that's kind of the root of that. But then going, I think, bigger, uh, you have movies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll bring this up because you watched it recently, but movies like Interstellar. So That movie was so good. Right. So, But in Interstellar, <laughs> you know, there's the moment where they realize how tragic time dilation is. You know, they go down to that yeah. water planet, and since they're orbiting this black hole, by the time they make it back up, it's been, what, months for the guy aboard while the, no, they were only down years. there. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. <laughs> things like that that make you rethink what it means to actually live. Because in our, you know, in our day-to-day lives, we go about with time and with order and with relatively, I mean, we have chaos, but not the chaos of like you were saying, Hey, what am I going to eat? What am I going to do? How am I going to survive? And so to, for me to explore topics like that, that has always fascinated mm-hmm. me. Um, a couple of movies I wrote down. So of course, uh, junk armor is a thing, just creepy, you know, aliens totally different from us. They don't care about us literally to them. We're just like biological matter that they want to absorb and use to be a parasite. Yeah, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey is another one where uh, directed by Stanley Kubrick I, that movie is just weird and creepy and this is why I was saying to save the witch because I think both those movies fall into that category of just being unsettling and that I think is what I like so much about the witch which is, is so interesting why you didn't like it or didn't you know I guess weren't into it, but for me, when I watched it, I was like, this movie is, this movie is crazy. Like it just keeps that slow burn of unease the entire time. And you can just, that descent into madness. God, I love the descent into madness. Like I love watching characters just mm-hmm. slowly lose it. No, um, I did appreciate that part where it all kind of like just starts to topple, topple over basically. <laughs> right. Like that part was good. You just Especially have like, the part where she, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. The part where it's near the end when she goes and like actually talks to, uh, I forget what the goat's name is. She Black goes and talks to the goat. Yeah, and he has that weird like voice. That I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Why did they choose that? <laughs> I know. And she's like, Dost thou one? And it's like, it's like if I did it, you know what I mean? But like in a weird way, that's kind of that's unsettling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that was probably the part that I was like. Mm, I don't like that. Right. <laughs> uh, same guy who directed The Witch also directed The Lighthouse, which is, I think, better. I like Lighthouse more. The Lighthouse is that exact I, same thing of just yeah. crazy descent into madness and isolation. I haven't seen it, but I've I've heard, like, there's a real story about The Lighthouse, right? You should definitely watch it. I highly recommend The Lighthouse. Watch but it. yeah, watch I, so for me, those are the things that have you know, I seek out and then I go to, you know, even to pull from very different things from books to movies to media, 
you know, way back when I was reading the Chronicles of Narnia in the last battle when they unleash, I guess, kind of the the anti, the opposite to Aslan, the god Tash, and how no. Tash is this Tash is horrifying in the dramatized books. Yeah, Tash is this like this horrifying, creepy bird man that doesn't care and that is like all powerful. And there's that part where they're throwing people into that stable that they think Tash is in, and it. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that where (laughs) you just don't understand. Like, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, why? Yeah. Like, why was this happen? Like, what is this? Like, but the question is never answered. Because oftentimes when the question (laughs) is answered, it does lose that mystique of of being existential. Because once something has a reason, we, you know, as humans or I can be like, okay, I don't, I would never do that or try to do that. But... I can understand a god trying to rule this universe and trying to rule all over all time. Okay. You know, once it's explained. But if that's yeah. never explained to you, you're like, what is going on? Like, what, yeah, it's, what is it's, the purpose? It's much like the Krabby Patty secret formula. Exactly. It's never explained. Exactly. A cup the, the, of the, when they, ground <laughs> plankton. <laughs> a cup of love <laughs> and plankton. So, Jack, for you, what, well, I can't what, read. do you seek out horror nowadays? Like, do you seek out anything specific you know, when you watch you know horror what? movies? Honestly, I don't seek out much horror, but I do want to bring it back to Tash. When they introduce him in the audiobook, like, it's like, boom. Like, his music comes in, and it's like, he's just, like, basically a ghost. Like, floating out, like, the grass under him is dying. And he just has, like, these four arms, like, reaching toward whatever he's going yeah. towards, you know. And they're like stiffly and, pointed in directions. <laughs> yeah. And, and the the donkey they're with whatever is like like he's freaking out, you know, and like and right. that whole scene is even like even now, like as a kid, that was unnerving. Yeah. Really, really freaky, really well done. Uh but I mean I don't seek out a lot of horror nowadays. Uh like I said, I I enjoy like horror that's in space. And I enjoy a lot of psychological mm. stuff. But it's weird that I enjoy psychological things, but yet I don't... Like, the idea of torture is horrible. It's like the Saw movies. Yeah. I've seen one or two of them, but they're just... I think they're just kind of gross. Like, not much more <laughs> than that to me. I just think they're kind of gross. It's not like I'm like, oh, I'm getting Did sick. Did you know? They're like, I just think it's, it's kind of Did you ridiculous. know that Did Chester know? Bennington is in one of the Saw movies? no what he is <laughs> there's this I, I, I part i think i want to say it's in the sixth or the seventh one but there's this part where he is like playing this character and his back is like glued to this car seat and he's like trying to pull up to stop the car because if he can't stop it then the car will fall and like tear the skin off somebody else oh, and kill pictures. somebody girl oh god and he's like screaming the whole time he's like oh gosh but see i guess that's the thing for me is that like at some point with stuff like that i do disconnect and i'm like this isn't real like this is just that that's kind of my absurd it's like like, almost like absurdist you know yeah there's a point where i'm like like i like i get it you know what i mean i don't know it's just it doesn't do it for me doesn't doesn't tickle anything for me but yeah i just i really enjoy seeing like the descent into madness basically and i like i do too i like the idea of space is freaky to me because i mean there's this 
what is the, it's, oh my gosh, it's a movie that inspired Dead Space, what's it called? Um, it's, it's what was one of the inspirations. Oh, Event Horizon? Um, Event Horizon. The that one movie, I told you to watch I, recently? Yeah, I yeah. really liked that movie. <laughs> that movie is good. I mean, it's cheeseball, <laughs> but it's real good. It is cheeseball, <laughs> but there are parts in that that, like, the guy goes in, comes out, but, like, you see mm-hmm. like, a quick flash of what he saw, basically, yeah. and he's like, I've seen, like, hell, you know? Like, yeah. that is freaky, and I love it, you yeah. know what I mean? Because, like, it doesn't show much, but it shows you just enough to be like, oh, God, like... Yeah, Ben Horizon okay, is like, I can, pretty cool. And the, there's one point that sticks out to me. Like, he reloads his gun, and he mm-hmm. smacks in the clip, and it's like, Psh! Like, is it really distinct? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Like, but... it's, it's If you go up, but go back and watch that movie, it's it's near the end. It's really funny. It's just like a really out of place, like, Psh! like, <laughs> slaps it in. I'm like, okay. But, like, I don't know. I just enjoy stuff with a mind a lot so well jack before we go do you want to pitch to our dear dear listeners if you could have pitch a horror moment it could be a scene it could be a video game it could be a plot it could just be an idea but if you could make something in that horror genre that you thought would really scare people what would you do what would you create? Do you, do you have one in mind or not? Oh, yet? I do. Yeah, no, I do. I want to go last. Can though. you can you give me like? Not that I'm thinking <laughs> one. So I think. Well, if you don't have one, you don't have one. I can just go. Well, steal, I'm steal the limelight. Something I'm I'm, va- I'm I'm vaguely getting in is like I don't know if it'd be in first or third person or how you do it or like just like an like you know what kind of like if it was a more of a movie but just like a setting where this guy's in this house. And he wakes up at the dinner table, and it's all set and everything. He's like, "Where, like, where'd my family go? You where's know, so my he, wife? <laughs> where's my family?" No, but so then he's like, "It's okay." Looks aside, it's, it's it's you know, it's kind of drizzling outside. Okay, gets his coat, grabs a flashlight because it's dark out. But I mean, this is kind of like you know, like nineteen seventies ish, kind of that time. Okay, but he's out near like this this backwood. So he goes out. Okay, car still here. All right, cool. Uh, like I don't see anything. Uh, goes in the backyard. The gate to the backyard's open. And he's like, "What?" And so then he falls, and you just then you hear this distant scream. Mm. And he's like, "He's like, like I was that one of my family? Is that just someone screaming? But my family's missing, so he assumes it's his family, you know. So he starts running that way, and then I I don't know where to go with it from there. But like just something that's like something set in the real world with okay. that slight kind of like you know it's a movie so this happened or this right. can happen something to do with like oh well it just so happened that i guess uh i was locked out because i was seen as the one who's most threat some like freaky like insane family came took my family because they were hungry or something you know oh creepy I don't know, just something like that. I it don't reminds know. me of this, but, but I don't know. Just again, yeah, kind of like psychological, kind of mm. real world setting is, I think, would do it for me. And I think if you did it right, would do it for a lot of people, because it being more real makes it more unnerving. So. Right. No, that's a good one. I like that actually. I really like the idea of when he goes out into the backyard and sees the gate open, and it's like a dr- like drizzly, like kind of it, like it is right now, 
very overcast exactly. uh, around six o'clock. Cold. So it's kind of dark, cold, drizzly. Uh, wind is blowing. Maybe some slight thunder. And it's in like this abandoned neighborhood. And he just hears a scream. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's good. So feel free, Jack, and post to set some music to this. But let me. So, AK, you want me to set some music to it? Let me set the scene. So you wake up in the morning. It's a long week after work. You know, you've been working probably about 10, 12 hour days every day. You're exhausted. You drive your crappy car. You park in the underground lot. It's actually about 8 o'clock in the morning on a kind of a brisk autumn day. The sun's out. Very clear blue sky. Park in the underground concrete parking lot. You get out. You're tired. You walk out because you don't have a key to the actual door that gets you in your job. You have to walk around to the front door. It's kind of a pain. You walk out and... Exiting the outside parking lot, there's a space between the building where you work and some kind of other big concrete building. And it's a very clear, kind of stretched out alleyway. And for just a second, just a second, you think you see somebody standing at like just the opposite end of the alley. And you think you see it for just a second. And double take, it's not there. It's one of those things that if you were to see it, you would say, oh man, I'm just tired. Like, nothing that really sets off any alarms. So you continue, and you're uneasy. You get inside your job. Nobody's there. It's a big, empty building. Quiet. There's no sound. The light's coming in through kind of thick, heavily shafts. And you need to go down, you need to go use the elevator to go to your office first. So you get in the elevator. And the elevator, you program it to goes down, and the elevator has a voice that you've always found kind of creepy. It says, going down. You go down. The elevator doesn't stop. It just keeps going down. It doesn't crash down. It doesn't rush down. It just keeps going down. And the floors keep counting down. At what point do you start to panic? Do you panic when it hits, hey, floor 10, even though there are only three basement floors? Do you panic when it hits floor 20, 21, 22? Do you panic when it hits floor 57? You've been in this elevator for about 20 minutes now. Finally, it hits floor, let's say 101. There's no number that's significant. You know, it could be 97, it could be 94, it doesn't matter. The floor finally stops and it opens. And it opens upon this dark, dark basement. It's a long hallway. Everything's smooth concrete with kind of white plaster walls. And at the end, there's just an exit sign. This exit sign is one of those new kind of bright ones. And that's the only light. And so you step out of the elevator. And the moment you step out of the elevator, you know that you're not. This isn't. This is real. You feel everything. And then, just as you look back towards the exit sign, that's when you see whatever that figure was again, just for a second. And then you continue on. And, I mean, what what do you do? The only thing you can do is, I guess, try to get back up. So you go, you go through this dark basement, and then eventually... You know, you get you either get chased or you run or something spooks you and you go back to the elevator, you're hammering on the button, elevator goes up, 
one floor. And this floor opens up on something entirely different. That's my idea for a horror. Ooh, okay. <laughs> That'd be a good little comic series. You know, something quiet, um, something very Silent Hill-esque that really plays on that idea of the normal world being scary. If you remember when I was the manager down at the downtown library, I took a lot of photos on... God, I sound like an old man. I took a lot of pictures for Instagram that kind of like highlight that empty, desolate, modern, arc, like concrete architecture. A lot of that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. I remember Anyways. those. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. I like that. You want to go ahead and uh, round us out? You know what? I think with that story, Charlie... Gallop we're back we're into the stable. We're, we're gallop, gallop those horses yeah. back down into the stable. Dun, dun, give, give them some oats. Dun, give them some water. Dun, fill up that trough. Dun 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 dun. dun. Hey everybody. Hey everybody. I think. Oh hello. Laura standing next to me, and she just kind of emerged from the darkness. It's not really Laura. Guys, thank you so much. Oh God! Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you spending you know the ne- this uh, hour and twenty minutes our longest episode yet. I think. Yeah. Thank you for spending your time here. Really appreciate that. Uh, you can reach us at rackentercollection at gmail.com. That's R A C O N T E U R collection at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you need to reach us there. Oh, I just got a Discord notification. Our music is provided by the wonderfully talented, oh gosh, Tyler Cunningham. Sorry, I like I overthought it in my head. I was like, I don't want to say this name wrong. Um, that's gonna be the uh, the end of it. I think. Charlie, anything you want to add? Everybody, thank you as always for listening, for taking this time out of your reality, out of whatever space station you're picking this up from, in the far 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 flung future i have been and always will be charlie and i am always and will always and probably am joined by jack thank you for oh yeah hi (laughs) (laughs) yeah take care guys have a good one wait what is that (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) some orc grunts <laughs> now that was that was a person looking around with their hair sweatily <laughs> flinging around their face, <laughs> greasy hair. <laughs> now I'm talking over here. Now I'm moving over here. This will be really great. The Doppler effect. <laughs> the do- <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Have you? Have a good one, guys. Take care. Oh okay, my gosh. Play the music, uh, but keep this up. T- take care. Okay. Take care. Take care. Bye. seen the censored count video
censored count video? Yeah, it's the count from Sesame Street. And it's it's just like this two minute video of the count and he's and he starts singing his counting songs, but they replace oh they my just God, bleep yeah, out the, the words they bleep out the word count. I don't know why I was thinking of that, but literally <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen. Are you sure that was that's pretty funny? That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. We can cut right. it there. All right, cool. All right. Bye everybody.